Welcome to Warhorn Media's podcast of Out of Minds blog posts. This is episode 71, titled Sheep May Safely Graze. It's fifth in a series. The subtitle is The Consumerist Church. It's by Tim Bailey. I'm also your reader. And the date is March 3rd, 2023. There are many dangers that threaten the souls of the church, and if we read the history of Acts, it's apparent the worst enemies of the sheep are commonly inside the church. Augustine himself said, quote, many wolves within, unquote. This truth reveals what is some of the most difficult work of the shepherd. Guarding the souls under his protection requires him to wake his sheep to the threat posed by mothers and fathers sisters and brothers they sit next to in the sanctuary and eat at the same table with at church and home fellowship groups. Of course, this is scandalous to the sheep as it should be. Yet this scandal is what pastors need to warn their sheep of and protect them from. Why is it a stumbling block to the sheep? Because love always expects the best, after all. Because if the church isn't a safe place, where in the world is one to be found? Still, any slightest reading of Scripture makes it painfully clear how often the greatest danger to the sheep comes from God's own people, from within the covenant community. There were the sacramentalists on the verge of destroying the souls of the Galatian church whom the Apostle Paul opposed in the most strident way. There were the incest, pride, and super-apostles ruining the church in Corinth. There were the scribes, chief priests, and elders turning their converts into twice the sons of hell they were themselves. Our Lord warned his sheep against them in the starkest terms, and it was these same men who were the officers of Christ's church who finally succeeded in murdering the Son of God. Now say again, that it's those on the outside of the church we must be on guard against, not those inside the church. Subheading Christian Consumerism Meditating on how opposed sheep and their shepherds are to any warnings against the church celebrities they're clinging to, it popped into my mind that Christians today need to be woke to the fact that Western consumerism is one of the reasons we're so vulnerable to false shepherds and hirelings. Conferences, authors, podcasters, Bible versions, books, and churches aren't so much the means of discipleship today as trademarks and brand names we conspicuously consume. Those color books splayed across our desks and coffee tables are similar to the eyeglasses we wear, the skinny jeans we pour ourselves into our haircuts, and the non-ice EVs we park at the outer edges of our church's parking lots. Think about how we brag about 
the colleges and universities our children got into, the foodie joints we take pics at for Instagram, the brews and cigars and ball caps we cop our pose with on our hipster church planning sites. Take away a Reformed Baptist cigars and who is he? Take away a Presbyterian single malt and what's left of him. Remove Keller's books. Tell church planners they can't use the words passion, flourishing, or robust. And oh my, what's left of us? We market ourselves to other Christians by our mustache, spectacles, brew, liturgy, podcast cue, and vocabulary, but especially names. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. Oh yeah, buddy. The Christian trademarks in vogue change regularly. At this point, I could list the names year by year over the course of the past 50 years, but no one cares about the past. Consumerism, religious and otherwise, is only about the present. Religious consumerism is aimed at clawing our way until we're slightly ahead of the other schmucks we thereby prove aren't as au courant as we are. It's high time we realize that the church's theology and leadership mirrors scholars in their publications. As Chesterton put it, all the talk of what's latest is nothing more than a giggling excitement over fashion. Trust me, men like Tim Keller, Rusty Moore, Al Mohler, Rob Bell, Charles Stanley's son, Carl Truman, and pick your current name, are fads, styles, brands. Go down to half-price books and watch as the shells bend under the weight of their quickly passing masterpieces. Soon, they'll be weighing the shells down there right next to Gordon MacDonald, Robert Schuller, Bill Hybels, Rick Warren, Mark Driscoll, and Norman Vincent Peale. Go back home and pray that the Lord will send a true and humble shepherd to pay you and your family a visit at night at your house with tears. Someone you can love and trust for life. A real shepherd. Then I close with this from Acts 20, verses 29 to 35. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs and to the men who were with me. In everything I showed you, that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast. Two, tell your friends they can now subscribe to audio recordings of Warhorn Posts. We depend on you as our only marketing. Until our next post, stay warm, devote yourself to loving your neighbor, and love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. 
This is Tim Bailey saying thank you for giving us a listen. Goodbye. Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Proudly the wicked pursues the poor. By his own plots, Lord, let him be surprised. Rise up, O oh Lord.